Hi everyone, Mario Salinas here. Welcome to Wisdom's Echo Origin Gates Daily Podcast. A wholehearted Happy New Year to you. I trust this will be a blessed and joyful and in every way productive and impactful year for all of us. I want to share with you a story today. My, my title is always Story Time. And if I were to give a subtitle to today's Story Time, it would be The Tale of Two Talks. I take public speaking very seriously. That is actually an understatement in comparison to the level of intensity and preparation that goes into anything I'm going to do when I'm in front of an audience, including this very podcast. I am in front of various audiences every week throughout the year, and they vary in size, they vary in complexity in terms of the national, international makeup. Sometimes I speak to specific groups of, let's say, businessmen. Sometimes I speak to individuals that um, are from every walk of life. I, I have an audience of children once every few months in my Kids to Kings program. And public speaking is what I've been called to do, in particular, to share truths from from Yahweh's world and biblical understanding and things of that nature. But also, I speak about many other subjects, and I, I can't I can't really fully adequately express to you how seriously I take the fact that someone like you right now, sets time aside to listen to me. Or if I'm speaking somewhere and people can attend in person, that they would actually come and sit down and set their phones aside and put their attention on me for the duration of my talk. I, I take that so seriously, especially when there's a conference involved and uh, I'm the only speaker um, the, the pressure is even greater because I recognize that sometimes people travel for many, many miles in their vehicles to get to the meeting, or sometimes they even fly, which means they go through security checkpoints and they go into an airport and they wait at a gate and they get on a flight and they line up to get onto the flight with everyone else and go through all the, the different processes that I've been through so many times when I fly to go somewhere just to come. And to be a part of meetings in which I will be the keynote speaker. I take that very seriously. And I put a lot into my public speaking. Again, that's an understatement because I can't fully convey to you how seriously I take it. Now, the hardest types of talks that I would do are by far weddings and funerals. Uh, funerals are very difficult because someone died. Family members are there. Tensions are high. There's emotional involvement at, a, at the highest level of, of perhaps every other public speaking event. And you have to say something that means something more than at any other time. It, the stakes are very high at funerals, and, I, uh, and yet they are some of the greatest opportunities a speaker can have, especially a preacher of the gospel, to impact people's lives. Um, but I generally dislike uh, funerals, but I absolutely dislike weddings. I, I will do them from time to time. Um, even even now, I'll, I'll rarely engage in, in doing a wedding. But weddings are very difficult. And, the, and the, from a, a communicator's perspective, I want to share with you why. 
No one goes to a wedding to hear a speaker and especially a preacher. Everyone goes to the wedding to celebrate the couple. And most people that attend weddings are more focused on the celebration part than they are the ceremony part, even though the ceremony is very important. And I think everyone recognizes that and honors that, uh, especially the couple. It has to be done well. It has to be done right. But what makes weddings especially difficult for a communicator is that a wedding, even more so than a funeral, is the one occasion where you don't have a lot of latitude to improvise and to catch things in the air and to be witty and to kind of be yourself. There, There's a more rigidness. There's more rigidness to a wedding than there is every other public engagement I've ever done. And that's why I dislike them so much because it's very hard for me to, it's as though, think about it this way. It's as though you have a, a 400 meter or an 800 meter runner that is made to run a sprint of a hundred meters, right? But by the time they actually get going there the race is over but their capacity is to go much longer and that's kind of how I am as a communicator I think that the longer I have in in a talk the more and and the more latitude I have to kind of be myself the more fun I can have the more me I can be and I think that that could be the greatest impact on my audiences and and so I put a lot of humor in my talks and a lot of it is may seem uh, spur of the moment, but I promise you a lot of it is very calculated, very rehearsed. I go through various levels of practice to before I bring a joke to an audience. Even the stuff I do about my dad, those of you that have heard me do jokes about my dad, uh, some of it is true and some of it is, of course, fabricated or exaggerated to make it fun. But I, I, I actually place myself in front of my wife, my kids, other audiences to try this before I bring it to a large public audience that that has something some of the elements I've already described in terms of who's there, why they're there, and the, the significance of the moment. So the the event that I want to bring you to is is um, September twenty. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, May twenty third, twenty twenty one. Uh, our son Christos and his fiance Elizabeth were, ga- were getting married, and they were getting married at our church. We were still leading Valley Shore Assembly of God in Old Saybrook, Connecticut, Danielle and I, and this would be really the last major event that I uh, presided over as leader of that church, and it was a very significant occasion for our family, of course, for Christos and Elizabeth, um, first and foremost, and then for our church as well, that has supported them, that uh, Christos was a, you know, just a, a little boy when um, when we first started going there, and when we start, started leading the church, and then he grew and went through high school there, and started being in business there. Bought a home in Old Saybrook, so it was very important for our church as well that walked with us through all the different stages of our kids' lives. But but in this particular wedding, as we were approaching the wedding, knowing that I was going to be doing the ceremony for them, I I wanted to I, I wanted to try to be myself as much as I possibly could, and so. Uh, and this is the first talk of the tale of two talks. And I am going somewhere with this, but you won't get that until the very end. And 
I wanted to tell two jokes. I wanted to tell two jokes to open up. This is my house in a way. I, I've led that church for more than 16 years. Uh, this is my family. I wanted to be myself more than any other time because this is a very special event for myself, for my family, for our church, for our community. But at the same time, I have such a high respect for those who employ me, so to speak, to do their weddings that I want to give them priority. Uh, what do you want? What kind of ceremony do you desire to have? And I will put myself uh, second to that. Uh, and the sense that I was getting as we were getting closer to the wedding from Elizabeth and Christos was mostly from Christos was that, you know, they just wanted this ceremony to not go very long. They had a lot of guests that were coming that are not church type people that uh, were from Christos's car uh, sales business and and uh, other other areas where they they uh, interact with people uh, that don't go to church and they didn't want some like lengthy preachy ceremony and that's what makes weddings so hard nobody comes to hear a preacher right we, we already covered that so I, I wanted to tell these two jokes though because I felt like it would loosen everyone up and it would also show the relationship I have with the couple the relationship I have with my son it would enable me to be me and I can be of most value to you if I can be me if I'm the speaker and you're the audience and I, I had such a hard time because I was sensing that these guys really wanted to, um, to to have a quick and and you know quick ceremony. Go to the reception, which was on the premises, and it, 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 as people were coming in to park and everything, they could see the big tent. They know that celebration is going to be there. So the mindset is generally like, let's get out of church to get in under the tent and celebrate. Uh, but I had to do the ceremony, and I want to do it in a meaningful way. And I had these two jokes. So I sat on the jokes. I ran them by my wife. I, I labored over them, and then the night before the wedding, late at night, I called Chris. I said, can I call you? Texted him. He answered the call. I talked to him, and I said, listen, bro, I, I really need to run these jokes by you because I, I have to be me. If if I'm going to be valuable to this and add value and bring who I am to the table to marry you under God, I have to be able to be who I am as a man of God and as your father and all of this. So he said, what are the jokes? So I told him the jokes, and he says, well, keep wor keep working on them. <laughs> he said, keep working on them. They're, they're okay, but uh, I, I'm sure you can do better. It, it was fun. But I think he knew that they were they were decent. So I, so anyway, when I when we started the wedding, I, I I opened up, and I'm going to tell you one of the two jokes, which will, which is easy to tell. You know, Christos is known by everyone that was present to be a wheeler dealer. The kid, you can drop him in the Sahara Desert with a bottle of water, he's gonna start a business. The kid is very entrepreneurial, he is a hustler, and so, and he's always trying to, you know, make a buck, save a buck, that kind of kid. So, I told the joke that as I was coming down the aisle to, to go up to the front to officiate the wedding, I overheard two men talking, and one said to the other, I bet he got his dad to do the wedding so he would save from having to pay the preacher. And people laughed because that's something Christos would have done. And then I said, sir, I heard you. And to the person who said this, I want to tell you, you are 100% right. And then the people laughed and it was fun. And then I, later on in the ceremony, I told another joke. And we got through it. It went well. I was able to be myself. I was satisfied with how things well went. And I got very good um, 
feedback from it from the family first and foremost and then from guests. But the second talk is the one I really wanted to get to. And I had to tell you that part elaborately so I can get to this part, which I will tell you briefly. The second significant talk of the day was Caleb, Christos's brother, our middle child, had to do the best man toast for Christos and Elizabeth. And Caleb had never spoken in public in front of anyone. So I wanted to tell you my side as a professional, if you would, communicator of my preparation, my anguish, my um, my thoughtfulness in this preparation process to do the wedding. And I want you to contrast it with what I'm going to tell you in the next couple of minutes. Caleb had never spoken in front of anyone, had a few notes on his phone. He paced back and forth going over his notes before the wedding started and then after the wedding was over during the the pre-reception hors d'oeuvres and drinks and things like that, I saw him looking at his phone a few times. I could tell he was looking at his notes. But then when the time came for him to do the toast, Caleb, which toasts usually go from a couple of minutes to maybe five minutes, they're very brief and they're, the people who do them generally try to be funny. Caleb started to talk and he was absolutely phenomenal. When he talked for about 20 minutes, we, we have the record of this, and it's absolutely astounding that someone who's never spoken before had all the ingredients you would want in that particular kind of talk. It re represented his relationship to Christos, his relationship to Christos and Elizabeth, his value and respect for Elizabeth and Elizabeth's daughter Zelda and their son Atlas and their relationship as a household, our relationship as a family, the son that he is to us, the way that he connects to me, his mother, all of this was encapsulated in his talk and it was absolutely phenomenal. When he was done, we didn't do a toast. He got a standing ovation. We forgot to do the toast because the talk was so good. People that were there, present there, that are involved in the entertainment world were telling people he needs to go into stand-up. He's a natural. He has to go. I mean, we were laughing. We were crying. Our stomachs hurt from laughing. There were tears rolling down our eyes at different times. It was absolutely powerful. One of the best talks I've ever heard. And so put, put the two together now. You have Marios who can't sleep at night wondering if he should tell two jokes. Has to call his own son to ask him if he can tell the jokes. And you have Caleb. An absolute natural who, from his very first talk, has the talent to move a crowd in a way that I never could as a professional, if you would, communicator. And what I wanted to tell you, and I'm going to say this very briefly because this is my point from this talk. Every one of us is talented at something. You have a gifting and a talent in some area that is far beyond anything you could have or get by trying to do something in that area. You are naturally gifted. Caleb didn't train to be a communicator or a public speaker. Caleb, as a, as a natural, gifted, talented speaker, delivered a top-notch speech, a, a world-class talk. You are world-class in something. Whatever that is, develop that. Whatever that is, never let anyone dissuade you from growing it. Build your strength, hire out your weaknesses, 
or have others delegated to take care of the weaknesses, but you build your strength and your talent and your capacity to bring forth that which you are called to do is going to maximize your potential on this earth. I hope you've got something from this. Uh, it's very personal for me to share some of these things, but also a lot of fun to highlight how significant that talk was from my son, Caleb. We're still telling him he needs to go into some kind of professional uh, stand-up or some kind of talking uh, career. We'll see where that goes. He's still very young. I bless you in the name of Yeshua until we speak again. Shalom.